Yeah, and I, I'm not surprised. I, I was actually happy to see Kevin play because I know Kevin wants to play basketball. You know, he, he took two years off with the injury. I know he's ready to go. So I was happy to see Kevin play. Jason Tatum, Bam, like you said, got a lot of first-timers and things like that. They're going to get this, the taste of this because I, most of these brothers that you see on this list, I expect to see them on the next few Olympic uh, Olympic um, basketball rosters for the, with, with the next four and eight years. So uh, um, it, this will be great experience for them. And, uh, and I expect them to go out there and handle their business like we always do, Sebi. But uh, but, uh, but I love the fact that we have that veteran and Kevin Durant uh, on the roster to really balance out the youth that we have. So it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be fun to watch. Opulent Inventory, our proud partners here on the show. Now you can finally have the Apple product times the Apple guys. That's right, from AirPods to iPhones to MacBooks to Apple Watches to trade-ins and much more. Now you can have the Apple product of your dreams. Promo code podcast gets you 20% off. That's right, 20% off on any Apple item. Visit Opulent Inventory, Nash and Guardian. Those are great guys on all social media platforms, and on Instagram. Now, let's head back to the show. Everything is well. Everything is good here. Summer is upon us. Uh, we're, we're doing great in health, great in spirit. How is oh, it yeah. over there in the tri-state area? Oh, it's doing well, man. Everything's good. You know, we got these hot summer days. It's, it's hot. It's, it's, it's blazing up here. I mean, you know, we we were we were begging for the, for some for some warm weather. We finally got it. This is one of those weeks that let us know that warm weather is here. So, uh, you know, every, everybody's got to stay hydrated. It's good spirits. Um, yeah, so it's all good, man. You know, they always say, be careful for what you wish for. You was dying because <laughs> of all the cold. <laughs> you didn't want to be in the cold. It was a frozen tundra up there. Now you're getting the heat and you're swelling, sweating bullets. You got oh, yeah. to be able to withstand that, Mike. You got to be able to Always, it. always, always, brother. You know, we love the heat. That's our, that's our sun. That's our vitamin D. So I love being out there. You know, that, that, that good sweat physical activity is always good for me. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is there for sure. There's nothing about some good old melanin there for sure. Fun-pilled action. <laughs> Lots of stuff for us to talk about. The Tokyo Olympic Games to Shikari Richardson to uh, a lot of other stuff that's going on in the world of sports. The NHL Stanley Cup Finals. But, of course, Mike, we got to start off segment one to talk about the NBA playoffs. First and foremost, we've got somebody that's punched their ticket to the NBA Finals, that is the second-seeded Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference. They had the second-best record in the regular season, Mike. They had the best record on the road this season, Mike. They were the overwhelming and the most impressive road uh, 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 playoff team this season. They were the best team in the postseason with a record of 13, uh, 12-3 and three to punch their tickets to the Finals. Their first berth 
since 1993 with the days of Dan- Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, and Charles Barkley as well. 28 years, the fans in the desert has waited for this, and their time has arrived, Mike. Yeah, it definitely has. Shout out and congratulations to the Phoenix Suns for moving on to the NBA Finals. It was a it was a special performance, a special run for them. And you never want to take runs like these for granted. Guys like Chris Paul and guys who's been around the block for a long time, he's been he's been he's been in situations where he's had an opportunity to get to the finals and win a championship, and it hasn't it's come up short. Now he's in the opportunity of Phoenix with a well oil machine around him from a player's perspective, from a coach's perspective, from an or, or just or overall organization perspective. This, this Phoenix Suns team is, is ready for this moment. And somebody like Chris Paul, I know he's not taking this for granted. First time he's going to the NBA Finals, uh, the Phoenix Suns, they, they, they showed out. Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, all these guys have, have been stellar, stellar throughout this entire playoff and the other as well. So hats off to the Phoenix Suns for making it to their first NBA Finals in, I'll say, about almost 30 years. Uh, it was an it's been an impressive run so far. Job job's not done, as some of the greats would say. But the four, four more left to go. We'll see how it finishes up. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Let's talk about X's and O's. What happened in the conference finals? Sears was tied, uh, not tied, but Sears. They were up three one last time we spoke last week, Mike, and we thought that um, it would have been over for this team. They go out, they they go back home, and and, and they had a lackluster performance in Game Five. Um, yeah. I, I thought that. The Clippers, they set the tone early. Marcus Morris had 20 big points in that first quarter. And then we got the Paul George, the Indiana Paul George, that a lot of Clipper fans were looking for. The guy that scored 20 points in the third quarter himself and also um, basically took matters in his own hands. Reggie Jackson was huge. He's been huge all series, Mike. I, I think that guy <laughs> who's going to be getting paid $3 million a year, he's probably looking at $100 million plus come this offseason somebody's gonna back that dump truck and give him a max deal not sure who it is but uh that's gonna be pivotal for the clippers to try to bring him back in the offseason or else he's gonna make a lot of money somewhere else but um from from the sun's perspective mike they they know they didn't play well in that game five and a team that basically said you know what we're gonna play in game six back in staples center with a sense of urgency that you got guys like Bridges who started attacking. Jay Crowder, a welcome sight, Mike. He had yep. his best game of the playoff. He had 20 points. Devin Booker being aggressive and not really settling for those mid-range and those threes, uh, being able to attack the rim uh, and, and so much. And then, of course, Chris Paul, he had 31 of his 41 points in that second half. And, and you got you to gotta feel for that guy because he's a guy that, Mike, in his resume, there's a lot of things that are great and we can the list goes on right mm-hmm. it, it's it's been proven everywhere that chris paul goes the unit or the the franchise gets better but there's also some glaring things 3-1 leads being blown up it's being blown uh swept in, in the in, in in the postseason and so now he had to redefine that narrative and i think that was a defining moment for them so kudos to the phoenix suns they they did what they were supposed to do. And it was a surprise to me, Mike, because I said it all year, this was the best road team in the association. No, yeah, absolutely. And it's a tail end to not only the leader in Monty Williams they have at the head coach position, but the leader on the court that they have in Chris Paul, like you said. You know, when you got somebody from the sideline and somebody on the court that can see things from a certain way and know how to make adjustments and get their players ready on the fly and just bring, bring that certain attitude, bring the dog and the best out of them, that, that that that's when you see it. We I ain't gonna lie to you, Sebi. We saw 
DeAndre Aiden really bring that dog out of him this, in these playoffs. I, I've never really seen that early in his career, and, and that's a testament to the, the leadership of Chris Paul and stuff like that. So, yeah, the, you're right. But, but to, to your point about Paul George, there were there were two there were two um two teams and, and really two players to me that were at, on the hot seat coming into these playoffs and had the most to prove. One was Giannis, and the other was Paul George. Paul George had a lot to prove this postseason. He played very well once the Clippers started to really use him as as the key uh, playmaker. Even when Ka- like Kawhi was healthy, he was he was out there playing point guard and facilitating and uh, getting getting guys involved and playing getting his shots off that. And you started to see that. And he played he played as well as he could. You started to see Sebi in this series against the Suns and Clippers. You started to see that the healthier the, the Suns got, game four and six were pivotal games where they really missed Kawhi Leonard. And Paul George and Paul George knew knew it, and that often that that offense and defense and that presence on the court. I, I would agree, Mike. I, I think if Kawhi played, I would have picked the Clippers. I, I oh, think, yeah, the, yeah I would have picked oh, the Clippers yeah. if Kawhi played um, oh, yeah. there as well. That you see the the value of a top three or top in the world, how he was missed. Oh yeah, big time, big time. Especially down the stretch of that game four, where nobody could buy a bucket. That was that was just a crucial time, crucial game in the series and turnaround swing. So the Clippers fought hard being undermanned without their superstar. But but at the end of the you just saw after game six, they just didn't have enough firepower for a healthy Sun squad. So hats off to the Sun. Hats off to the Sun for handling their business, taking care of what they had to do, and they played fought well and they earned it. Um, you know, but 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 it's unfortunate for the Clippers because this was one of those years that you really felt they had a chance to get to the finals and win a championship with the roster that was built and the the, the momentum they had that that they that they had. And the same that applies when we talked about the Bucks. This is their best chance to win a title. This was the moment for the Clippers. No LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, there was no Anthony Davis. Uh, no Joel Embiid in sight. Uh, you had no Durant, no Kyrie Irving, no Harden. This was served in a silver platter for them as well. We understand Kawhi was hurt, but expectations are still there and they need to be met. And they weren't. And so <clears throat> there's going to always be a cloud that's going to be hovered over this the Los Angeles Clippers team all the way through next year and the off season as in terms of what happens there as well. And speaking of the off season, probably the biggest thing outside of Reggie Jackson is does Kawhi Leonard walk Mike? This is a huge thing. Kawhi Leonard, he, he signed that four year deal with the Clippers after two years, he has the ability to opt out. Now it'd be interesting to me because he's an LA guy. He's, he's from LA played his, a uh, 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 high school ball out there with guys like Russell Westbrook and, and Paul George. That's the reason why they united in L.A. in the first place. But can he go to Miami? Yes, Pat Riley. You got Jimmy Butler there. You might have to do something with Bam with that. Um, there's reports that perhaps he'd go join forces with Luka in, in Dallas. Now, uh, Kawhi doesn't really trigger me as the guy that wants to join alliances and forces with like superstars like that i I don't i don't he doesn't trigger me as that type of guy but uh for me i i I don't know mike does he walk it's it it doesn't make sense he he wanted to go back home i what what do the clippers do or or what do the Kawhi leonard himself do to me most of the the noise you hear about Kawhi leonard potentially walking is um it's pretty much it's it's pretty much for entertainment. I don't really see it as any credence or validity to any of it. 
because Kawhi Leonard either doesn't strike me as the type of guy that's just bouncing from team to team every couple of years, trying to see who, who how we can get on the best roster. He wanted to be in this L.A. market. Now, going to Toronto was a situation where he just wanted to get out of San Antonio, so he forced his way out. And then, then at, from that point, he got to decide where he wanted to go. Once he came to L.A., I feel like this was the market he wanted to be in. The, this guy, yeah, he doesn't just run. He doesn't just run to um, – he's, he's not a – this microwave energy that people are on where everybody wants their success so fast. If you if you don't win a championship within about two or three years with a certain pairing, all of a sudden now you have to make a move. Kawhi Leonard doesn't isn't cut from that cloth. He's somebody that, you know, wants wants stability and wants structure and you get that when you, you choose what you want to do. You're in your LA market. You're not just gonna run when two years go by. Especially Kawhi Leonard, the guy that we know he's going to be even more motivated to come back and run it back next year because he knows that they had a great shot this year had he been healthy. So next year, next year, coming, next year coming back, he's going to be even more motivated with, with L.A., whether they bring back, you know, anybody else or not. But the, the core, I'm sure Paul George is still going to be there. But I'm sure, he's, I'm sure he wants to run it back in L.A. I doubt that he goes anywhere else because that's just not, that's just not the type of guy. And because he doesn't talk to people, uh, a lot of people in the media, it's going to be a lot of speculation on what he's going to do. I feel like it's all just speculation, all just uh, a rumor of what's going on. But Kawhi Leonard just strikes me as the type of guy that's going to stay in L.A. and ride this thing out and, and fight until he gets get that championship. Absolutely, absolutely there for sure. We will be um, seeing closely what the Clippers do in this offseason, a huge offseason for them. And then the other side, Chris Paul, with the Suns, hmm. a, a, a defining moment in his career, right? This is the last stepping stone. Nine-time all-first team on defense, 15-time all-star. Matter of fact, 16. He made the all-star team this year uh, in his first season with the Phoenix Suns. Um, multi-time all-first team NBA selections. Um, this guy's a former rookie of the year. Um, it, it been around MVP uh, conversations, but regarded as one of the greatest point guards of all time he needed this mike and this is his moment and 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 i'm excited to see what happens in these finals the finals will not be about devin booker mike it will not be about deandre ayton who himself won the most uh he was the mvp in the conference finals he got awarded with that um honors there shout out to da he's playing mike like the number one overall pick in 2018 he's, he's coming to it at the right time uh but this this finals won't be about Monty Williams as well. Kudos to James Jones, executive of the year. He's the one that orchestrated and brought guys like Chris Paul and Jay Crowder along with um, Cameron Payne and, and Cam Johnson, who he drafted last year's draft. So kudos to him as well. But all of that won't matter. This is about Chris Paul. This is a defining moment. These finals will be, the headlines will be, Chris Paul, is he going to be able to solidify himself as one of the greatest point guards of all time. I don't think he needs the ring, Mike, but it will surely do a lot legacy-wise when you talk to guys like Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Oscar Robinson, talk about uh, guys like uh, Isaiah Thomas, the original Isaiah Thomas, Magic Johnson. If you want to be on that top-tier enchalant list, Chris Paul has to cash in on this moment, and, and I'm excited to see what happens um, in, in a week from now when the playoffs start in late, early July. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you said that because, yeah, I don't think he, he – to, to me, he doesn't need the ring to validate he's a great player and Hall of Famer, but he does need the ring to validate that he's – to put him in that conversation of one of the greatest point guards of all time because, you know, that that's just – that that's one of the mantras and, you know, in the sense – I know, I know we, we, we usually make a pass with Stockton and guys like that, but at the same time, 
Chris Paul, Chris Paul, if he wants to be in that top three, top four, top five conversation, he need, a ring would definitely work because he has the resume and the legacy to to go along with that. To really, to really, you can make a make a case for him being in that conversation. So, yeah, it definitely would. With what he's been through in his career, this would this would be huge for him, Sebi. Absolutely, absolutely, there for sure. He's approaching ten thousand career assists as well. well if that happens <laughs> in these finals, or um, uh, heading on towards next year, which I do suspect that he will play in year 17. Put this into perspective, Mike. Chris Paul, one of two players all time to have over nine, 9,500 assists and over 1,500 steals. Only the great, yes, the great John yeah. Stockton, who's the steals leader and also the assist leader. <laughs> it has more. So Chris Paul in the breath with John Stockton, uh, only two players to do that. If he were to get that ring, something that even John Stockton didn't get, that would really, really, oh, yeah. really cement how great of a player that he's been in an excellent career um, there as well, there for sure. Uh, talk to me about Monty Williams, Mike. Chris Paul, very emotional after the ball game when they wrapped up uh, uh, the conference finals, um, stating to Doris uh, Burke, uh, saying that, you know, Monty and him, they were together in New Orleans 10 years ago, and they reunited again later, and now they never thought and they'd be in this position. Talk to us about that, uh, uh, you know, companionship right there and that stewardship between head coach and point guard, how they've alpha, together. Alpha energy, pure alpha energy. When you think about these two brothers, you think about Monty Williams, what he brings to the table, and Chris Paul on, the, on his side. Alpha energy coming together, and what does it do? It creates discipline and order in in the entire team. It trickle it trickles down to the rest of the players. You just have Monty Williams is a guy who's been through so much, especially the last few years with the, you know personal situations and things like that. This is just it's just it's just a perfect fit for him. He's just a never say die guy. He's always had that mentality, and Chris Paul is always somebody that he respected all these years, all these years throughout. This is just it's just it's just fitting. It's fitting to see, and then you have you have that alpha energy on the court. Whenever things get wrong, whenever players get rattled, they have both of those guys on the court and on the sideline that can gather the troops and rally them and get them ready every game for game. These young, they have a, a great combination of young, young veterans that are hungry and older, older, gen, older, older veterans that are you know that are, that are, that are cut from that claw too that that bring that energy every single day. And Monty Williams is somebody that that rallies the troops and really is a player's coach. Knows how to relate to the brothers. Knows how to communicate with them on a certain level. You just see it. They they respect them. You see how they how they run through a brick wall for them. They love Monty over there, and that that, that that's a testament to how how he is as a coach. And Chris Paul, we all know what he brings to the table. He's that he's the little he's the little bulldog on the court. He's he's, he's he might be the smallest guy on the court every time he plays, but he has, he has the biggest he has the biggest game and the biggest fight every time as well. So that that combination of what it's done for these young guys over there in Phoenix. Is you see you see what it's doing for their growth as players, as as men, and also just as just on the court and the production and the success that they've garnered because of it. Yeah. I see, I see, I see a situation where Milwaukee handles business whether either on the road or or in that at home in Game Seven. I think that, I think that this was the pivotal game. This was the game that showed people that, I, and and I was actually surprised every when I saw it in the media. I saw people were saying that even with without Trey, without Giannis, Atlanta Atlanta squad plays better. Yes, they looked better in game in game four because it was on it was in game adjustments and on the fly adjustment they had to make without their star. Now they had a, a chance to watch film, gather themselves. When when you really put them together, 
Milwaukee has has the more bucket getters. Milwaukee has the more stars that have been in this situation before. Atlanta looked like the young team that they are without Trey in Game Five. They they just didn't have it. I mean, you just you saw what Brooke Lopez did. He stepped out and he had a thirty three point performance, like you said, twenty two in the paint. They, where was that all playoff? That 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 was a breakout performance for him because Giannis wasn't on the court. You know, Chris Middleton was doing his thing. Drew Holiday. They they all got PJ Tucker on the defensive side. You just saw a more well balanced machine against a younger team that that's, that that you could tell really showed their youth and was one of the first times this this postseason where where they showed their youth in this game was um was in Game Five. So uh, I, I feel like. Even without the two super, without the two stars on each team, the Milwaukee Bucks have the 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 more depth. They have the more experience. The they're at, they're at a, at a certain maturation process at their time, and they're they're just more ready for this moment right now than the Atlanta Hawks are. So going back to Game Six, it's possible that Atlanta can catch fire and get hot. We know how they are shooting wise, but I feel like this series is going to Milwaukee because I don't see Atlanta winning two games in a row in at home or going back to Milwaukee. It's gonna it's gonna it's over in either six or seven. Yep, definitely, definitely there for sure. And also, Mike Budenholzer's on a hot seat, Mike. We've talked about this all season long, all postseason long, how he's been outcoached a lot, especially in the uh, uh, postseason for a guy that's a two-time coach of the year. And and I thought I think this is pivotal for him. No Giannis, we're going to see how good Mike Budenholzer is. We're really mm. going to see how good this guy is. Obviously, it's a guy that has to be held accountable because although Giannis isn't here, there, there's no excuses, Mike. There's no the expectation is for the Bucks to still be able to beat this Atlanta basketball team. This is a Bucks team that rosterize, they can legit go ten deep. Their ten <laughs> men should be better than the Atlanta uh, uh, Hawks, and so Absolutely. we'll see if that continues out there in Game Six. That's going to be pivotal for them. I, I I do see the Hawks winning Game Six, Mike. I do oh, see okay. them holding serve. We're going to see a Game Seven. Now, it, it, that's to be determined. Will Giannis be back for a Game 7? Will Trey be back for a Game 7? Um, so that's going to be interesting. But what Budenholzer does, Mike, I think will dictate if the Bucks make it to the finals and have a chance to hoist that Larry O'Brien trophy or if they're staying in Milwaukee and, and watching the finals from their TV screens. I think that is going to be the telling story of the remainder of this series. Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely, it definitely is because Milwaukee has the experience to go down there and handle business. However, like you said, that young Hawks team with every with their season online and everything they have going on, they they might come out there and play with house money and just and just start knocking down shots from everywhere. You saw how hot Bogdanovich got in the last game scoring, even though they lost last night. He scored twenty eight points and he actually looked as good as he has looked all season long off that off that injury that that that, that you've been talking about. So it's it's um it's it's interesting. It really could go either way. It really depends on we know what Atlanta Hawks team we're gonna get. It just depends on how locked in and focused we're gonna get the Bucks. And um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We shall see. We shall see there for sure what happens in the Eastern Conference final and who will meet the Phoenix Suns, who are representing the Western Conference in the NBA Finals, the twenty. 20- segment here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show here on WNSC Radio. Myself, my right partner, Michael Grace. Segment two of our great show, Mike Shakari Richardson. 
back on the headline news, but this time off <laughs> off the track stuff. Uh, not not for her heroics um, as a great track star, but it's been noted, Mike, that she used drug-like substances, uh, marijuana, uh, prior to racing for the trials to clinch uh, opportunity to go to the Olympics in the Tokyo game to represent Team USA. A lot of scrutiny, a lot of things has been going on, Mike. What do you make of this? Because I, I think that, you know, this is just another uh, uh, another example of a great track star just getting a lot of dirt thrown at him, right? I, I don't think that this, if anything, Mike, after winning a race, I think drugs would actually slow you down from actually getting to where you want to be. So this is very, very, very interesting. So what's your thoughts on this? Well, marijuana, well, Subby, marijuana hits a, uh, people, a lot of people different. Now, certain people, yeah, it does slow them <laughs> down and it does put them in a relaxed state. And certain people, it boosts their uh, their energy and puts them in a, in a more locked-in focus state and, uh, and actually that enhances it. You know, it, 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 it just hits people. It hits everybody different. You know, it has a, has its effects on everybody. But, um, yeah, it's an unfortunate situation, man. You know, we've heard about, you know, we heard about Shakari Richardson. Everybody praised her and, um, we were all happy for her when we heard about her situation, winning the winning the trials, getting her ticket punched to the Olympics and everything. And um, you know, it's just an unfortunate situation. I think it's more so unfortunate that um that that is uh that that's something that we that we that we that we're handling everything that's going on in the world with you know the, the legalization of marijuana with everything like that. It's it's just unfortunate that there weren't we're still in a situation where you're 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 getting hit, you're getting set back because of using marijuana. I understand if it was harder drugs and things like that, but if we're talking about somebody, something like this, it's, it's unfortunate that we're still at that point where that, that, that's a problem, you know, and I, I guess they, they try to say, you know, she, it may, it may have been a situation where she had an advantage, but it, it, like I said, it hits for everybody different, you know, everybody does their own thing. So it's, it's an unfortunate situation for Shikari. I think with that, with that, it's, it's a very unfortunate too with the Olympics because all the sisters we see, uh, doing their thing, all the brothers we see doing their thing. It was just a great time. Just to, it was great. it was a great time to watch all of us. We celebrate us in the Olympics doing our thing. And um, you know, Shakari uh, unfortunately will not be there. But it's just it's just an unfortunate situation all around. And and knowing this, Mike, with women of color, um, a, a woman that is coming from uh, exactly, and and another woman as well that that is unprivileged, a woman that is coming from a background where. Nothing was granted to her. The headlines are going to be that. That's going to be the headlines come the Tokyo Games. That's not going to be the headlines of what she did prior to that. Blazing and, I mean, just like overwhelming all of her opponents uh, a few days ago and what we saw in Eugene, Oregon at the tr- at the Olympic trials. It's going to be about this. And, and that's that's what I'm looking today, sadly, uh, uh, yeah. there as well. It's been noted, Mike, as well, that she is suspended for 30 days. She will not be able to run the 100 meter. The 200 meter hasn't been taught about the 400 or 800 yet. Only thing she'll be able to participate in is in the relays. Now, there's no Allison Felix anymore, anymore, uh, Sonia Richards or anybody like that. So it's going to be very interesting without Shakari Richardson to see who's going to be that next lady, that next youth USA lady to step up and to take over headline over Shakari's scrutiny that is going on right now. Things to watch out for for Tokyo Games. No, it definitely is. And, uh, you know, it's an unfortunate situation. Um, but, but you like like you said, it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity for somebody else to step up. 
But like, like you said, all the all the sisters, all the brothers that were doing their thing, that they got their part deck there, got their uh, ticket punched to the Olympics. Like you said, this is gonna be a headline, not not the work that they put in. And that, that's the most unfortunate part about it. Definitely there for sure. Speaking of the Mike, it starts July twenty fourth in Tokyo. But before the NBA players have been announced, twelve team roster for <clears throat> Greg Popovich is no longer Coach K. Uh, it's been announced. No LeBron James, no Steph Curry, no Kevin uh, Kevin Durant is 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 playing. But no James Harden and some of the great stars. But they're going from stars to youth. A lot of youth in this team. First time All Stars: Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Bam Adebayo. He player there on this unit. Uh, there's real Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, the Bucks duo. After their finals run, hopefully they'll make their first debut on the international stage. Things to like, what was your take on this selection? A lot of youth, a lot of vets is Kevin Durant, and you would hope he would be the one that would lead this team this time around. Yeah, and I, I'm not surprised. I, I was actually happy to see Kevin play because I know Kevin wants to play basketball. You know, he, he took two years off with the injury. I know he's ready to go. So I was happy to see Kevin play Jason Tatum. Bam, like you said, got a lot of first-timers and things like that. They're going to get this, the taste of this because I, most of these brothers that you see on this list, I expect to see them on the next few Olympic uh, Olympic um, basketball rosters for the, with, with the next four and eight years. So uh, um, it, this will be great experience for them. And, uh, and I expect them to go out there and handle their business like we always do, Sebi. But, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I love the fact that we have that veteran in Kevin Durant. Uh, on the roster to really balance out the youth that we have. So it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be fun to watch. The USA men's basketball team back-to-back gold medal uh, uh, reigning champions in 2012 in London, 2016 in Rio games. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, Mike, because they didn't do well last year in the world in, in, in the world championships. Nope. Uh, they, they finished seventh, right? And yeah. a lot of people talked about, man, this wasn't a great team. You had Kimball. Walker, Mark Smart, but you also guys like Chris Middleton, who's back on on this team. Um, Dame as well was a member of that team. He's back, and I think he's going to be pivotal, Mike. Um, I think a lot of people are going to want to see what Damian Lillard does in the international state. He's a household name in the in the states, but we want to. They, they, I think a lot of people in the world globally is excited to see what Dame does in the international games, but. It's interesting, Mike. I, I thought some of these stars were coming out to play. I thought I would see Steph. I, I did. I thought we'd see Steph. Steph didn't play in the 16 games um, because of all those years that he's been constantly in the finals, wanted to take a little rest. But this year wasn't the best. I, I thought we'd see Steph. But, Mike, there's there's also a lot of news saying that is this team well-equipped enough to win gold? Um, is this going to be another opportunity that they get bronze or <laughs> do they end up uh, the <laughs> finishing seventh? What's your take on that? You know what it is, Sebby? We're so spoiled. We are so spoiled when it comes to USA basketball in the Olympics every single year. Not only do we win, but we usually dominate. So I, I think the quest, to me the question isn't more so do, do, is this team well-equipped enough to win gold? The question is, is this team well enough to equip, uh, well-equipped enough to win gold at the same standard and level we're used to winning, which is dominating to the point where it's not even a question. We were like the UConn women of the USA Olympics. That's right. how dominant we were over time. Uh, over time. So the, 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 they question whether how, 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 how easy it's going to be. It's going to be tougher. It, the games are going to be a little bit more competitive. 
but I do expect us to handle our business, and I do expect it to be a, a, a gold finish for us. It just, it's just not going to be a landslide like it's been for, you know, <laughs> the longest time. Yep, definitely. That's definitely going to be there for sure. And there's something about U.S. men's basketball. They don't like the word bronze or silver. <laughs> Remember what happened in Athens in 04 when Allen Iverson, Tim Duncan, oh, yeah. guys like Rip Hamilton, we sent them out there. They finished bronze. In fact, Manu Ginobili and Luis Cola, they won in Argentina. They won gold. That did not sit with them. We, we saw, and I was a young buck at the time, Mike. I was there watching Ginobili drop 29 in that semis, mm -hmm. and they went on to win gold. And then you signed away in the Beijing games. You said, no. Nah. LeBron's they coming. Were, Kevin nah, Durant's coming. Uh, 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 LeBron James. We're bringing, yeah. we're, we're going to make sure we bring reinforcements to Beijing oh, yeah. and China to win this gold. And, and we saw what Kobe and KD and LeBron and Carmelo Anthony as well Carmelo, did yeah, in there. Yeah. So that, that was a special team there as well. So that's that's going to be interesting, the outcome to this. It, it, are, are, is it going to be a great outcome or a bad outcome? Because I'll tell you this, Mike, there's a lot of Western European squads that are going to be set up for there. Like Giannis and Tiannis with the Greece team. You've got um, Dragic and also Luka Doncic with the Slovenian team. Schroeder is set to lead the, the the Germans this time. And then, of course, you got Rudy Gobert and others leading the French. So there's going to be a lot of great teams. Spain is never to be ignored, Mike. Spain is also always a team that is there with guys like Ibaka and others. So that that's it's going to be very interesting to me um, what happens in these in these Olympic Games. To me, one of the biggest reasons why we have so much, uh, why I have so much confidence in this team is because we have a, a collection of bucket getters, guys that can just get a bucket, <clears throat> kill hoopers uh, at, at any moment. I think that was one of the biggest problems we had in the FIBA last year was we had two. It, it was it was it was some nice players, but it was too many guys who couldn't create and get a bucket for themselves when things got tight and uh, and the things like that, and they couldn't rely on their skill on the outside to make it happen consistently over time, and and we got we got caught. This year, I feel like it's going to be different. This year, I have confidence in the brothers that we have, the leaders that we have, just from a scores perspective, from an all-around perspective, and the length, the length that we're going to have on the outside, guarding other teams is going to be crucial. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I have full confidence in this team this year because of the amount of guys we have that can just create and, and create not only for others but for themselves in the uh, in the half-court sets. What opponents out there or what country scares you, Mike? I, I look at this team, and one thing that scares me is no girth and no size inside. Mm -hmm. Ban Ambayo is probably the only center, and he's not really a true center undersized. It's 6'9". you got to go against guys like Jokic and also Slov uh, Slovakia. You've got to go up against uh, – excuse me, he's Serbian. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, you got to go up against guys like Cameroon. They've got Pascal Siakam inside and Joel Embiid. So there's not, there's not, there's not a, a lot of size on this team. It's not to be ignored what the Australians do. So yeah. it, what, what team out there scares up. you, Mike? Um, yeah, I'm, glad you the, I'm glad you brought the Australians because like, that, that's where I was going to go. They, they give me a little, no team scares me because, yes, the size isn't there. But the bucket getters on the outside is there as well. No, there's there isn't a team out there that has enough outside presence and outside shooting, outside creativity that we do. So the, that right there offsets itself, and also it's gonna it's gonna play itself out on the scoreboard. So I'm not too worried about the size as much. But if I had to go with somebody, it'd probably be the Australians. The the, the obviously uh, the Serbians with Jokic. Jokic can, can get mixy in there and, and really get funky. You you just you just never know with, with somebody like that. But as far as who scares me. 
no, no, none of the teams scare me as when it comes to this UAT USA team this year. <laughs> Things to watch out for for the Olympic Games, July twenty fourth through August seventh. Two weeks that the world collides with the world of sports. Things to watch out there for sure. Let's tap in with the NHL Stanley Cup, Mike. My Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Lightning, right, right here in right in my backyard. That's the Tampa Bay Lightning trying to go back to back, winning. In a weird bubbles format last year in Canada, they did it in 2020. Now back here in 2021 in front of their home fans against the Montreal Canadiens. This is a team like that went on a Cinderella run. They they came out of nowhere, An unexpected run from the Montreal Canadiens. So far, the Tampa Bay Lightnings are up to well in the series. Will they repeat, Mike? Will this be back to back for the Tampa Bay Lightning? It certainly is looking like that, but you like you said, you can't count this Montreal team out. Like they've been fighting all all season long, they've had a tremendous run, and like we talked about in the NBA, the series isn't over until you lose at home. They have a big game here in Montreal tonight, huge game against Tampa Bay. This is their season; everything is on the line. I expect Montreal to be as physical as they've been this entire series. I, I think they need to get back to that because Tampa Bay looked like the more physical team, and, and they actually they actually uh, uh, knocked knocked them over a little bit. So I expect Montreal to come out physical, aggressive. And uh, get that crowd going early and steal the momentum in this one. And uh, they win this one, they have a shot. But they have to win this game tonight. This is the crucial game for them. The crucial game for the Montreal. Also, 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 Sebi, you know, it's going to be tough because they're going to be without one of their best players in Alice Cologne. So it's going to be – well, the the, the Lightning, excuse me. The Lightning are going to be without Alice Cologne in this game. So it's going to be – it's a big (laughs) opportunity for Montreal to make it happen. And I agree with you, Mike. Carey Price, uh, regarded as one of the best goalkeepers for a while now, this is his chance. He has to have a dominant game. He has to have a dominant game um, uh, for goalie for the Montreal Canadiens for them to have a chance. Because one thing about uh, the Lightning up front, boy, they, they've got – their nickname is right. They are Lightning. <laughs> they are Lightning up front. They have got some uh, 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 strikers up front like Stamkos. With guys like Nikita Kucherov, I mean, they could put mm-hmm. that puck behind the net. So it's I, I look for Carey Price tonight to have a monster game. They're going to need that from the Canadians tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going I'm to need to see it as well. It's going to be fun to watch, man. It's going to be fun to watch to see which 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 style wins, which style wins out, and uh, continues this series because Montreal still got two games at home. So we'll see. We'll see. Game three and game fours are pivotal. Down 0-2 in the series. When we come back, Mike wrap things up. His closing arguments, the Sevy Podcast Radio Show, like here on WNSC Radio. And we are back here on the Sevy Podcast Radio Show, our third and final segment today. Mike's closing argument. Mike, take it away. Yes, yes, Sevy. My, my, my closing argument is this. Um, it, it's, it, it's, it's something special about, you know, we're talking, we hear about Chris Paul. We hear everything about, you know, the accomplishment that he has. We're all happy for him with the finals. But, I, oh, you know what I always took pride in as, as, as the, the younger one? Looking up to the OGs or, or or the ones that were that was right there before me, I always took pride in making sure that that they went out on the right note, and so that when I get to that point, 
I have a younger, I have a younger, a younger person, a younger OG with that same mindset to look out for me when my time comes. And I'm talking to Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, and the others on the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul has an opportunity to to, to really cement his legacy and really put a stamp on a lot of things as far as who his career is concerned by winning a championship this year. Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, it's, it's, it would behoove you. It would be great for y'all to go out there and go hard and give y'all everything y'all got and dominate for this brother because it'll be a point in time in your career where you where you get to a certain age and you, you, you're going with that same respect and that's garner that same um, uh, fervor from your, your, your contemporaries, your, your younger ones, your younger, um, your younger selves. So it's, uh, it's always something special with the younger guys being able to rally the troops and being able to, to, to do one for the OG, do one for big, for big bro, big bro Chris Paul, who's paved the way and helped mentor you guys and stuff like that. That that somebody along the lines when you guys get to that his point when you get to his his point in his career his point of of, of wisdom and evolution and in life you'll 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 appreciate the younger ones that did the same for you and it'll naturally trickle trickle down. Mm, things to actually think about and I like that man. Uh, mentioning that Booker and Aiton might do this for the for the uh, for for Chris Paul yeah. and and that's and that that's the, that's the greatest thing in life about having teammates. When they know that this time, not for granted, this is Chris Paul's moment. I know he's not going to take it for granted. He's going to cherish this moment. And he has players to back him up like Jay Crowder, who's seeking his first title, and all these other guys. I think they're going to pay for one another. But most importantly, they're, they're going to treasure this for Chris Paul. That's that's a key thing. That's 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 a huge, huge thing, man. I, and, and you know what reminds me of this, Mike? It, Magic Johnson always said, the hardest one is the first one. The yeah. hardest one is the first one. When LeBron never won his first title, lost in, against Dallas in 2011, finally finally broke through in 2012 against the, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, even Braun at the time said that the first one is always the hard one, the, 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 the hardest one. And, and, and we see that, and we see that now. And maybe, just maybe, Mike, Golden State won this in 2015. At that time, Steph, Clay, and that unit, and that core were young. I kind of get a, a feeling about this. This is an opportunity, perhaps, you know, maybe the Suns start going on a little run here. Now, we're not saying that, you know, Chris Paul is out the door. He's, he's 36, approaching 37. But for the guys like DeAndre Ayton, who's yeah. only 23, Devin Booker's only 25, the core of this team is still young. Cam Johnson, only 20 years old. You know, the, the could be one of the youngest rosters in the NBA. If they were to win this, Mike, and I, I, these guys are still under contract for a while, this could be the beginning of something special. They all always say it's the the first one is harder, so hardest one. No, it, it definitely it could be it could be the feeling of something special, and you get that energy when you see you know just how that organization is ran and the structure from top to bottom, from all the way of ownership all the way down to the players. It's just a trickle down effect, and 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 it's coming to fruition right now. They they've suffered a lot. They've gone through a lot in those years of you know you know just being young and being that inexperienced team trying to learn how to win, trying to figure things out on the fly. They've gone through a lot, and and they deserve this moment to get to this point to persevere. It shows their character and their their their, their grit, their toughness, and just the, the 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 type of men they have in that locker room. So hats off to the Phoenix Suns and hats off to Chris Paul. But uh, Devin Booker and those guys, it's um it's, it's a special moment for you guys as well. Three years ago, the 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 Phoenix Suns had the worst record in the NBA. They won twenty five games. 
That's why they selected DeAndre Ayton number one overall. The next year, they won another 25 games. They were not the worst record in the league, but they were in the bottom four. Got another lottery pick there as well. And then this year, right? Last year, excuse me, for the bubble. Fighting their way to try to get in. They have an opportunity to get in. They go 8-0 and miss the playoffs. And then this year, on like 51 and 21, second in the Western Conference, second best record overall, and they're in the finals. It's it's crazy how three years can change a franchise. Congrats to the Phoenix Suns on their first finals appearance since 1993. This is the Sevy Podcast Radio Show, live stream here on WNSC Radio. For myself and Mark, <laughs> next time. Uh, uh, peace and love, everybody. Hey, everyone, we're excited just as much as you guys tonight if you enjoyed this show and frankly, even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our iTunes and Spotify. And remember, you can stay locked in here and connected. Sevipodcast.info link for the latest news, articles, interviews, and much more. And remember, wherever you're listening on air or online, the Sebby Podcast is wherever you go.